and welcome to Dockupied, the podcast about anime, manga, light novels, and industry news. I'm your host, Brandon, otherwise known as DocPay, and this episode I'll be talking about a relatively new manga series, or license, rather. I've had my eye on it since it was first announced, and now there are two volumes out, with the second volume just coming out pretty recently, so I figured it was a good time to talk about it. It caught my interest, so why not? This series is Heterogenea Linguistica, an introduction to interspecies linguistics. No, it is not a textbook. I'll forgive you for thinking that is the title of a textbook. But ironically, I think we could say that within the context of the story itself, it's entirely possible all of this will lead to the main character making a textbook and naming it that or something like that. So this manga has two volumes currently available in English. The third volume is due out in June, I believe. It's published in English by Yen Press, and the author is Salt Sino, or Seno. I'm actually not sure how it would be pronounced. This episode will probably be a little shorter just because there's only two volumes worth of content to talk about anyway, but let's dive right in. So here's what the back cover says. When his mentor is injured, Novice linguist Hakaba is appointed to take over the professor's research in the netherworld. Though Hakaba has studied the languages of werewolves, lizard folk, and other netherworld races from afar, this will be his first field experience coming face to face with those so many of his fellow humans have dubbed monsters. Guided by Suski, the professor's half werewolf daughter, Hakaba begins his quest for a greater understanding of the ways people of the netherworld communicate even if it does get a bit hairy at times. So right out the gate, I do think that's a very good introduction to the story. This is a fantasy series set in a world where there are, you know, monster creatures, the likes of werewolves and lizard men and minotaurs and lamias and dragons, krakens, things like that, all of which are examples of various monster species that Hakaba meets in the first two volumes. It seems like in the past, humans were at war with the monsters at some point, and that allowed for a lot of like stereotypes, misunderstandings, misinterpretations to flourish regarding the monsters, culture, language, and like way of life. So this is, I said it's a fantasy, uh, it's a, I guess we'll call it a slice of life. It is not an action-adventure story whatsoever. Our main character, Hakaba, is a linguist. There is no such thing as combat, fights, power, anything like that in this story. There are conflicts, but that's different. So just setting the stage for that, I know I said it's a fantasy, but it is not an action fantasy. The main gimmick of the story is essentially that Hakaba, our main character, who, like I said, is a linguist, is appointed to go on a journey to the netherworld and follow in the professor's footsteps, who is his teacher, and basically experience monster culture and language and figure it out for himself. He's going on like a journey through their lands, looking to learn as much as he can about their language, culture, ways of life, and all that. Now, I say he's a linguist, and his main focus is definitely language, but... This story has a ton of like culture entwined with 
the language aspect. So if you're at all interested in like the minutia of learning about different cultures from different peoples, in this case, you know, like fantasy monster races, for example, if you have any interest in like anthropology or ethnography or obviously linguistics, this series offers a very interesting niche that I think really does a good job of, of hitting it. So I guess let's talk about the characters, then the world, and story, and the art, and we'll kind of go in that order-ish. So the main character is Hakaba. He is a human, uh, an adult, but I don't think it's ever like explicitly stated how old he is. And then there's Suski, the half-werewolf, who is actually the daughter of the professor. She's definitely still a child in the story. She's very adorable, and she is Hakaba's guide, basically. He meets her in the werewolf village, and that's like the first step, and she helps him around, and then she acts as his, essentially, guide during his like trip through the netherworld. They end up meeting a couple other characters that become mainstays in like a traveling companion-esque group to lizard folk, a minotaur, and as they're traveling, they all just kind of decide to travel together because they were heading in the same direction anyway. And it creates for this really interesting group dynamic. As they travel through the netherworld, the story doesn't move very fast, I wouldn't say. So it's not like they're suddenly somewhere else or doing something else. They definitely spend time in each of their locations, explore it, talk about the like what people are doing, their culture, try Hakaba tries to have conversations with people there, learn about their language and culture, things like that. But there are plenty of like monsters that they run into and meet along the way, all of which kind of play off each other and the group. All in all, I mean, our, our main characters are Hakaba and Suski, and there's kind of, like I said, that travel companion group that goes with them, and they, they kind of pick up people as they continue to travel. One actually really interesting note is that in this world, slimes are intelligent creatures and are able to communicate in their own way. And so one of the traveling companions is actually basically like a, a bit of slime in a jar. So they cover the kind of core of our group. Uh, as, a, as a character, Hakaba is interesting. I think his reactions and like his curiosity related to communicating with all these different groups of monsters in learning their language and culture is sometimes surprise, but also like willingness to go along with whatever it is and just learn makes him a very compelling main character in a story like this. Sometimes he's afraid of, of things, but his character is one that he pushes that aside and sets aside any kind of like innate fear he has of these these monsters and tries to communicate them with like communicate with them as as equals as people. Suski is adorable, very fun, is constantly helping Hakaba out, getting him out of I won't say trouble, but you know, helping interpret for him and sometimes or teaching him about the way of life. He's definitely portrayed still as a child, has kind of childish tendencies. But not only is she like very helpful to Hakaba as the guide of his journey, 
he seems to really kind of enjoy like doing things with him, watching him learn or struggle, you know, she seems to really take to him. And so while I wouldn't say this is another one of those like single father takes care of a daughter type stories, it has a similar vibe-ish. There's some, I guess because of the monsters and the, the traveling around monster zones, reminds me a little bit of Somali, just a little bit, not a ton. So the story, I mean, I pretty much said it, uh, there's really, it's not that complicated. Um, the story is basically Hakaba is going on a trip through the nether world in an effort to communicate and learn the languages of various monster races, learn about their culture, and just do his, his like research and really get to know them beyond, you know, what the history books or the stories people tell. He's a, a pretty open-minded character about all that. And so I feel like it keeps the story pretty interesting. There's lots of really unique and interesting scenarios and like monster culture bits that this work explores. I think one of the most interesting aspects and I won't call it frustrating necessarily, but probably frustrating for Hakaba as a character or as a person, but the very distinct and varied languages that the different creatures or monsters all speak. I don't want to call them creatures because they're sentient beings, but you get the point. Um, that they all speak. Like certain species, for example, werewolves, communicate a lot through smell, through their sense of smell. And it's always intrinsic to that specific species. Lizard folk have a system of writing that is based on color. Harpies have a system of language based on gestures and movement. Slimes are vibration. Kraken communicate through a mixture of color and gestures. Lamia seem to communicate through like dance almost. So kind of gestures or like knocking and so on. And there's also several different like spoken languages used throughout the work. There's like modern werewolf, there's old werewolf. According to the story, most of the communication we're like reading through in the work is actually uh, the werewolf language, like the spoken werewolf language, but it's a mix. Um, oftentimes, and this is why I said it's, it's not frustrating, but um, because Hakaba is our POV, at least in terms of the manga, we can understand what he can understand. And so there are many instances where like sections of sentences or words are cut or blackened on the page, or it's just nothing because Hakaba can't understand it. And th that is part of the story, which I actually think is, is quite interesting. You wouldn't normally <laughs> write a, a manga series and have a bunch of your dialogue be nothing. And so at least through the first two volumes, Hakaba meets and converses and visits a number of different locations kind of across the, the netherworld as they make their journey. He eats kind of whatever food he's offered. That's also kind of another interesting aspect of it. Always amusing when he learns what exactly he is eating after he's eaten it. And it's usually like, oh, this is really good. And then he eats it. And then they tell him what it is or he asks what it is. And he's like, oh boy. But then he'll go back to eating it again. Because I mean, really, what other choice does he have if he wants to, you know, eat at all? For me, a reader, it's also really fascinating as someone 
you know, who was interested in anthropology and studied it back in the day to through kind of Hakaba's lens and the lens of the story, learn about and read about all these different species and their cultures and language and just kind of get to know them as as they are. It's it's a really fascinating manga series. And I say this unequivocally, it is a very niche manga series. I love it for what it is, but you know, I'm well aware that there's going to be people who hear that it's a story about a linguist going on a trip to learn culture and language, and they're going to be like, hmm, hard pass. That's not me, so, you know, here we are. Then we have the artwork. Um, the art in this series, I would say, is decent. Like, it is not amazing, but it absolutely conveys, I think, everything it needs to in the story. In fact, it, it reminds me a lot of the artwork for Delicious in Dungeon. In fact, a lot of the paneling and the kind of reaction faces along with a bit of the sense of humor, I feel like there's a decent amount of overlap to that work, Delicious in Dungeon, and I'm a big fan of that one as well. So if you like that one at all, this one will feel, at least in, in the vibe of the story and the artwork and the flow of it, pretty similar. It's very methodical in its exploration of these monster languages and culture and communicating with them, learning about their ways of life. Similarly to where Delicious and Dungeon is all about learning how to defeat, cook, eat, and etc. All of these various monsters within a dungeon. And it's very methodical in that same way. All of the languages that aren't like human are depicted in this kind of like sketchy font so it's kind of always clear who's talking or or what it's about that kind of thing and Hakaba's also the narrator so he has his own dialogue and inner thoughts um but Hakaba also essentially narrates the story as it goes along and I'm not sure if that's meant to be like his inner thoughts or if it's meant to be you know, maybe like a journal that he kept. But either way, there is narration and it is from Hakaba's perspective. The monsters all have pretty interesting and varied designs, at least between species. Within species, there's some like minor shift in design, but for the most part, you know, like all the werewolves are going to look pretty much exactly alike, but it mm, doesn't really matter. They'll occasionally draw specific characters with a bit more distinct features if necessary. The series also tries to depict a lot of the non-vocal language styles in artwork, which is pretty difficult to follow, but I think they do a good job of, of depicting like the gestural language of the harpies and maybe the obtuseness of the color like the written color based language of the the lizard folk the artwork is is definitely never going to win any like awards or anything like that but i think for a nice like relaxed slice of life story learning about language and culture it does a really good job of like always getting its point across even if i would say oftentimes many of the panels don't have like a lot in the background because a lot of the focus is on specific characters or people and their interactions, their attempts at communication. 
there are some like wider shots that include more of the scenery. You know, when they arrive in a new village or a new location, or when Hakaba's trying to like observe or illustrate something larger than like linguistics. And at least within the space of the first two volumes, I would not say the artwork like changes. It it doesn't like improve or get worse or anything like that. At least, like I said, across the first two volumes, the artwork is, is pretty consistent. I would say it's never bad, but it's never gonna like blow me away with a big two panel or two page spread like like some other artists can and do. But I, I don't really need it to. I also I'm so interested in the world building of this like fantasy world with all these monsters with their their culture and languages that are very confusing and so while i said there's less kind of detail necessarily on the actual world or backgrounds itself there's always plenty of like details on characters which is where most of the actual story and world building is the actual look of the world is less important in the context of this story than what the characters are doing, saying, how they interact, things like that. The chapters are written as if they are logs in like a journal. So each chapter is called like log one, log two, things like that. And like I said, the narration seems to be Hakaba's notes from within that log. And so it's all framed in that manner. As far as I recall, I don't know that there's ever any hints of like the future. So it's not like there's a case where Hakaba's narration says like, oh, I, you know, and I never knew this on that day, blah, blah, blah. It's not like that. It's, it's very in the moment. Overall, I'd say the story is, is very grounded. It's very interesting. It's, it's fresh to me. I know I said it feels somewhat reminiscent of Delicious and Dungeon, but that also feels very fresh to me. Both of these works are, are niche, are very interesting if you're into it. And I'm really glad to see something this kind of well-constructed and thought out in terms of approaching language and culture in a manga. I'm really impressed with the first two volumes. I like this series a lot. Uh, I, I already have the third volume pre-ordered. It doesn't take a long time to read, but if you really want to, you can kind of sit and absorb it all and try and figure out what's going on for yourself. But yeah, it's just, it's just a really, it was just a really enjoyable read for me. I'm really glad I, I picked that up. So that's, I think, going to wrap it up for this episode. That is Heterogenea Linguistica by Salt Seno, published in English by Yen Press. There are two volumes available, and the third volume, or the next volume, is due to release in June. Definitely go check this out if it sounded like something you would be interested in. Thanks for listening. Follow my Twitter, I am DocPay, for updates. And please, if you liked Occupied, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Every review helps. I'll catch you next time. (laughs) 